0: Nobody ever. Nobody ever comes and sits down or stops talking until I start hollering on this thing. So, okay, we do not have a lot of announcements tonight. I will just basically tell you that after the service tonight, we're going to get all the voting members over here and we're going to vote. And so, listen to God, uh, walk in His will, and seek His wisdom for what you do. Um, Well, I got the the same ones I had this morning, but I will repeat them. Uh, So June 17th, 8.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall is Men's Breakfast and Bible Study. You guys need to come to that. Man, we have have pork chops. We have ham. We have bacon. We have uh, sausage gravy and biscuits and scrambled eggs and donuts. I mean, and it's free. Come get it. I mean, how much easier could it be? And we... We usually have enough left over that you can take some home to your wife. And now I'm just telling you, just for those that need to know, taking f- breakfast home to your wife is brownie points. So just keep that in mind, okay? Uh, uh, June 3rd at 830 in the Fellowship Hall is our regular, Bible, uh, our regular Bible study. And that's just donuts and coffee, but great fellowship and great Bible study. So turn the page. June 20th at 6, uh Heart to Heart, Lori Franks, and who else? Terry Bean. Okay. Terry Bean, y'all hear that? Okay. Uh June 24th, 12 o'clock, right here in the fellowship hall will be potluck and games for the well-experienced. Okay. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go there, so I'm just gonna say for the well-experienced. Come and show up, and and if you're 18 and you're well experienced, come fellowship. We don't care. We're just looking for the we're just looking for the experienced. Okay. Uh, remember the uh, youth group in your prayers this week that they will be safe and well, and then they've got a long trip home this coming week also. So keep all that in mind. Okay. All right. So, you know, uh, you guys. All know I'm from Texas, people remind me. Okay, graduation, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna honor our graduates, graduates, gradu- graduate, those who are graduating, whatever the word is, next Sunday morning during service, okay? So, if they're here, we will recognize them. If not, we will send their gift home with you and you could take them out to eat, whatever you wanna do. Um, that's about all except for, guys, Offering, and then we will turn it over to Julie, and she can turn it back over to Brother Truesdale. <laughs> <coughs> you pray for offering, tonight? sure. Okay, we're going to get this gentleman right here to pray for offering.
1: <laughs> Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Lord, you've given us the greatest gift of all, and that's salvation. We can't ever repay you. But, Father, what we can do is we give of our tithes and our offerings, and we give into your kingdom. And, Lord, I pray that you would take that money and you would expand it. Expand it into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
2: To
3: Father, we just praise you tonight that you put joy in our hearts, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your ever-present, ever-present presence in our lives, God. In this place, God, we thank you, Father, that you always go before us, God. Father, we thank you for the many blessings that we take for granted, God. Help us to be more sensitive to your spirit as we move through this service tonight, God. In Jesus' holy, holy name we pray. Amen. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: When all I see
3: is a battle, you see my victory.
2: Surrounds me. There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. to you, and if you are for me, who can be against me, for Jesus there's nothing impossible
3: On a personal level, Father. Father, unifies in the spirit realm, God. Have your way in the service, Lord. a few minutes just to release our minds. Just clear it all together. Represented here tonight, God. Father, we just pray that you would just continue to bless us, God, with your
1: Father, we thank you for this moment of your presence here tonight. Holy Spirit we invite you. We invite you into this place Lord. Oh come more more of your presence lord more of who you are lord
4: hallelujah <coughs> La la ma si, e corea see la da bokko, i ari asi ke tanna na makai, ke ya tanna la ro keep break out si, e corea la ba ko na 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 lights the day. For I say to my church, you stand. at the crossroads of what I want to do in your heart and in your lives as an individual, as a church as my church you have a choice you can follow me or not but I will assure you of this one thing, those that will follow my voice those that will follow my leading those that will follow my word will see the mighty unfold before your very eyes. Mm. You will see what I want to do. But you must let go of your notions, your preconceived ideas, your desires of what you want and let me be myself in your midst. Mm. I am God. I will not be governed by anything or anyone because I am God. I make the rules. You follow them. You follow my commandments. You follow my word. Because therein is where you find your life. Therein is where you find my blessings. Therein is where you will find everything you need me to be in your life and for you. I am your God. Follow me. Do not stop seeking my face. What you have begun you need to keep on doing and never stop doing that. Never stop seeking me. Never stop calling on me. Never stop praying. For I honor those that always seek my face. And I will do my will in your midst you find it refreshing, you will find it a blessing, and you will find it to be life that does not come from anywhere but from me, because you, I am the Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm.
3: Thank, you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Father. Lord, we just take that moment right now, each and every one of us, and submit to you. Lord, we put our eyes on you tonight. We set aside everything that's going on and we just focus on Jesus. We honor you. We glorify you. And we praise you tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Amen. Well, good evening. God is in charge, right? You know, uh, as uh, we were worshiping, I why is it that God wanted me to change my agenda the second time tonight? So. Um, If you have your Bibles, would you please open up with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 133. He just kept laying this on my heart as we were worshiping tonight. And I'm going to correlate this with another passage of Scripture. Psalm 133, this is a Psalm of David. We're going to read it and then we're going to go to prayer. Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing and even life forevermore. Let's go to the learned prayer. Father, as you've laid this on my heart tonight for this congregation. This is your church. These are your people. These are your sheep. I pray, Father, that whatever I share tonight is not of me, but of the Holy Spirit. Father, we yield to what you want to say to us tonight. And that includes all of us, Lord. Your Word applies to each and every one of us. Father, I pray that as I share it, the seed of your Word would be planted on soft soil of each one of us, that our ears would be open. TO HEAR WHAT YOUR SPIRIT HAS TO SAY TONIGHT. FATHER, I GET OUT OF THE WAY SO THAT YOU CAN MOVE AND HAVE YOUR WAY IN JESUS' NAME. AND EVERYBODY SAID, AMEN. VERY IMPORTANT PSALM, PSALM 133. Uh, DAVID SAYS HERE, HE SAYS HOW GOOD AND PLEASANT IT IS WHEN BROTHERS LIVE TOGETHER IN UNITY. THERE'S SOMETHING ABOUT UNITY, UNIFICATION. Um, WHEN THE TOWER OF BABEL CAME UP, THEY WERE UNIFIED. They were unified for a wrong purpose, but they were unified. Yeah. Uh, unity can bring a lot of things. It can accomplish a lot of things. Uh, you know, what Jesus said, you know, if a house is divided amongst its stand, it cannot what? Stand. Did I say that right? A house divided amongst itself, not stand. Cannot stand. So unity is important in the body of Christ. And he says, How good? When God created the heavens and the earth, what did he say? It is what? Good. And so David, and I believe this is the Holy Spirit speaking, he says, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity, when the body of Christ comes together unified. Now look at verse 2. It says, It is like precious oil poured on the head. The oil, we know that oil, one of the representations of the Holy Spirit is oil. He mentions Aaron the priest there, and you know they would take oil when they would anoint the priest and they would pour it upon the head and it would run down across the head, down the beard, and onto the robe, and sometimes even onto the floor. When we're together in unity, God's anointing shows up. Right? It is like precious oil. God's anointing. The power of the Holy Spirit poured onto the head, running down onto the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. He was the high priest. He was the one that God called. And each one of us are part of the body of Christ. We're all called. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to do things for the body. We're a a team, right? Right. uh, You probably don't know this because i got kids, and you might if you have grandkids, but uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, uh, uh, Plankton says T.M. (laughs) Some of you guys may not like SpongeBob, but uh, we're a team. We're a team. The the Baptist church that loves Jesus is part of that team. Uh, The church I'm at still is part of that team. We're the body of Christ. Then look what it says here. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Now, it's interesting. I've done a study on this before. And the the dew that it's talking about there, it's so heavy with dew in the morning that that you can get gallons of water out of it. When God's power shows up, you don't need to do anything. He does it all. And the anointing falls. And I I don't know about you, but I want to be soaking in the Holy Spirit. Then he says, for there the Lord bestows what? His blessing and even life forevermore. Life comes with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. comes with God's presence. Now jump over with me to Acts, to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, look with me in verse 4. You know, I'm, it's, it's interesting that God wants me to share this today because what is today? Today's the day of Pentecost, yeah. which means 50 days past Passover. Yeah. He says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked the Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jump over here with me to chapter two. Now it's interesting because there were 120 of those in the upper room. Do you know if Jesus' mother was a part of that? Yeah. Mary was there. Yeah. She was one of the first ones at the tomb. Yeah. She she got baptized. Jesus' mama got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So they're together in one place. In fact, in, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, they had everything in common. Verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 2, or verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were all together and unified together. When, when we show up together, when we make decisions together, I mean, you guys are going to make a decision tonight. Uh, of course, you want God's will. We want God's will. God will make it unified. You're, the, you're, you're part of a, a group of people that serve him, and you know his voice. John chapter 10 says his sheep know his voice. Uh, they don't, they don't uh, uh, accept a stranger's voice. In fact, it says that they will run from a stranger's voice. So they're together in one place. And then look at verse 2. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. We know this, right? We're Pentecostal. How many of you guys have heard this scripture before? Uh, You you were raised on it. You know it. But it's not just for then. It's for now. Uh, The book of Acts means the acts of the Holy Spirit. It didn't end just with the apostles that God is still moving and working and doing things today. And he still wants to work and do things. And he can show up however he wants. Look at verse 3. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So God moves in a mighty way. The evidence of that moving is the the cloven tongues of fire that appear above each one of their heads. And it's interesting, God takes it full circle. The Tower of Babel, they did something unified for a wrong purpose, so God scattered their languages. They're together in one place for the right purpose, and God gives them the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and it comes full circle. Verse 5, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So here, here, those that were present this day when the Holy Spirit was poured out were Jews from different nations. See, Jesus came first to the Jew, and then he comes to the what? The Gentile. So God pours out his Spirit on these people. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews, All of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. This same area that Peter denied Jesus, now filled with the Holy Spirit with boldness, preaches the gospel. The baptism of the Holy Spirit unified between the believers coming together and allowing the Holy Spirit to move will bring boldness. When the revival broke out in the vineyard, I watched a, a thing on that Lonnie Frisbee, and again, this is in that movie uh, 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 that just came out. I forgot the name of it. You know, the one, The Jesus Revolution. I, I, in that, Lonnie Frisbee, God used that man to, to speak the gospel and to spread the gospel and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When it came into the vineyard, it was John Wimber. Uh, uh, he was told about this young man. This young man, Lonnie Frisbee, came up to John and said, John, can I preach in your church? And John's like, oh, I don't know. And and, uh, the Lord said, no, let him preach. And he goes, yeah, but Lord, I've heard about this guy. When he lays hands on people, they go, flap, 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 and they fall on the ground. (laughs) And uh, so John Wimber was real reluctant. So he walked up to the man and said, would you like to preach? And he goes, oh, I've been waiting for you to ask me to preach tonight. And uh, so John said, oh, man, I was hoping he would say no, but he didn't. Well. Lonnie came that night, and John said he let the worship service go a little bit longer, hoping that this guy wouldn't preach very long. Lonnie Frisbee got up, and he stood, and he said, and I've heard the recording of it. He said, you know, the Holy Spirit's done being grieved. He's done being offended, and he wants to move. And all these young people ran to the front. He said, if you want to be filled with the Spirit, come to the front. He stretched out his hand and they began to fall. In fact, one fell in front of the mic and was praying in tongues. And John was like, oh, no, because there were people picking up their Bibles and running for the door. And yet God was moving. And that night John goes, God, you ruined my church. And John said, when did it, God said to John, when did it ever become your church? When God moves, he shakes things up. He shook things up here. Some of them thought they were what? Drunk on wine. But it wasn't. It was the move of the Holy Spirit. And when there's anointing and when there's unity, there's blessing and there's that precious oil. And God's Spirit shows up and He does something mighty in people's lives. I've seen it. I've shared this with our church up there. Mom would take me back to the intercessory prayer room. And back in the 80s, they had a thing called the intercessory prayer room. You know, the Denver Vineyard was about 1300, uh, it, we had revival, a lady got healed. She was Hispanic. I remember where I was sitting? I was sitting, and my kids have heard this story, but I was sitting here, and I remember looking back, and this lady came in in a wheelchair. Nobody prayed for her. She couldn't speak English. She stands up, begins to weep because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in that place, and then she began to do what we call a holy run. She, she got up and started screaming and running around. And I remember our pastor, Tom Stipe, going, well, what's going on? And he had to get an in interpreter. She got healed and nobody prayed for her. Yeah. When God shows up, there's going to be people that get healed that nobody even touches. Yeah. And that way nobody gets the credit but who? God does. Well, yeah, right, we had a little boy back there. He, his grandparents would bring him back to the uh, intercessory prayer room every weekend. And my mom would take me back there. I was there the day he got healed. He had surgically implanted hearing aids just for him to hear sound a little bit. And they began to pray for him. And I remember them going like this, snapping their fingers. I still remember as a kid sitting there praying with somebody and the fingers snapping. They played a recording from the doctor who ended up getting saved because of it because the boy grew brand new eardrums. God moved then, and God can move now. But it's got to be something He does. When we muster things up, we mess things up, don't we? But it's got to be something that God does. What's interesting, I was trying to find the Scripture there, but my brain is blank. Driving all this time, you get sleepy, you get tired, and was going to take a nap, but the girls wanted to swim in the swimming pool this afternoon, so... (laughs) But in that scripture, it says they were all together in one place. And you know, Jesus had them wait 10 days and they prayed. Yes. They prayed and fasted 10 days. Yes, Jesus, what, ascended on the 40th day. Wow. When they would do the day of Pentecost, it was actually, they would, it was called a, a, a sheaves offering. They would take the grain and they would raise it up and they would let the wind catch it. And they would do a cross. Oh, wow. They would do this. And that's what Pentecost meant, the 50th day. You could say that we're all 50 years. That's what Pentecost means. But it had something to do with offering yourself to God, offering yourself to God, a sacrifice, the first grains, the first fruits. Are you offering yourself to God to allow him to move in your life? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to operate in your life? You know, we get so busy. I get busy. And there's those times when what was said tonight, God just begins to knock, as Julie said tonight. You know, we get our minds focused on so many other things. And God's saying, do you have time for me? Now go with me to Acts chapter 10. Now it's interesting in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 were added to their name. Uh, 3,000 were added to their number that day. And it's interesting in the Old Testament, God destroyed 3,000 of them for worshiping something they shouldn't have been worshiping. Again, God is a God of redemption. But Peter, he sees this vision of of a sheet and four corners and Unclean animals coming down, and God tells him to do what? He says, kill and eat, Peter. And Peter says, uh, Man, I'm, never, I'm not going to eat anything unclean. God, I've never done that in my whole life. And God says, what, man, what God has made clean is clean, right? He's still wondering about this vision. These guys come to the door. God had a plan and a purpose for it. So he's called to a man's house by the name of Cornelius. He was a God fearing man, but he was Gentile. And Peter begins to preach the gospel to him. in verse 44, look at this. Well, Peter was still speaking these words. So he's still preaching the gospel. Wouldn't that be great? We're still preaching the word and God takes over. I'm preaching tonight and people get filled with the Holy Spirit. God can do that. He he can can deliver. He can set free. He can remove. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. It always starts with the Word of God. God builds faith. You know, I talked about that scripture this morning, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing of what? The Word of God. And so as we hear the Word, God builds our faith. But we have to put it into practice. It's one thing to hear it, it's another one to put into practice and receive from the Lord. Then look what it says here, verse 45. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Circumcised just basically means Jewish believers. So Peter had some Jewish believers that were there on the day of Pentecost. They came with Peter to Cornelius' house. He preaches the gospel. The Holy Spirit pours out, and they're going, wow. God is a dynamic God. He's doing something new. God is the God of new. I believe that. God wants to do new things. The old is gone. The new has what? Come, just like us. He tells us, and in, in, in in, I think it's in Isaiah, forget the former things, for I'm springing up new things. So then verse 46, for they heard them doing what? Speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said in verse 46 and 47, then he says, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Verse 48, so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. I'm sure that they were wanting to have church for a few days. When revival breaks out, and I'm praying for revival. How many of you guys are praying for revival? Do you guys know the difference between a great awakening and a revival? So an awakening, it means people that have never heard the gospel are awakened to the gospel. We need that in America. We need another awakening. A revival is God taking His church or His people and reviving something within them that they had before that He wants to give to them. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, be fi- don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. The word filled there carries the idea of being continually filled. Yeah. How many of us are continually filled with the Holy Spirit? How many of us are Tapping in to the presence of Almighty God. I'm glad that you got that. (laughs) Go with me to Acts chapter 19. I love it when God takes over. Acts chapter 19. Verses 1 through 7. While Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Let me stop there. Uh, This should not be controversial in the church today, but it is. That was a norm in the early church to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was a norm. He just asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you what? Believed. Verse 3, so Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied, and there were about 12 men in all. I love that. There's not 300 people. There's not 1,000 people. God is interested in just even one person being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. Amen. How many of you guys know who uh, Billy Joe Dottery was? He passed away. He was at Victory Christian Church up in Tulsa. He shared a story one time, you know, I and I used to listen to him on the radio, and and. Uh, he said they were going through a town. They were going on vacation, and it was an Oklahoma town. I can't remember what town it was, but they were going through this town. And he went into a gas station, and there was a young man dressed in black, and he had a long black trench coat on. And the Lord dropped into Billy Joe's heart, tell him what he's about to do not to do. And Billy, I mean, he's a pastor. Of, he was. I mean, he's with the Lord now, but he was a pastor of a large church. And he said, yeah, I had a little bit of trepidation. Sometimes we do that, and God has to tap us on the shoulder and say, no, no, I want you to say this to him. So God said it to him again. Finally, he said, don't do what you're about to do. Do you understand what I mean? And the young man said, yes. And he turned around and walked out the store. Well, then the Lord said, why didn't you tell him about me? Oh, I guess telling him that wasn't good enough. So Billy followed him up the hill, told him about Christ. The young man gets saved. Hallelujah. A year later, he's going through the same town headed to the same direction, and he's standing in line, and there's a young man in the booth, all dressed, clean, nice, and God said to him, go over and tell that young man about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And Billy goes, okay, Lord. So he walked over there and goes, how you doing today? He goes, I've never met you, but have you ever heard about, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And that young man met, turned to Billy and he said, you don't remember me, do you? I was that young man in that trench coat that I was here A year ago that you led to the Lord. Went outside, prayed for the young man, and he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God is interested in each and every one of us. We had a lady in Upton, uh, one of my board members' wives, she had a hard time receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, She was told because of sin she didn't receive the baptism. The problem with that is how many of us sin every day? And Jesus needs to wash our feet. So I remember telling her, I said, listen, it's, we all sin, what is it that's holding you back? She goes, that was the thing, it would become a problem. She felt unworthy, she felt like she wasn't good enough. Listen, none of us are good enough to receive that's it. Right. It's a gift. That's right. So I told her, I said, why don't you go home, just between you and your husband, put some music on, just get in God's presence. Well, she did that. A year later, nothing had happened. I preached on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, Larry Savage was there that day that I preached. Her son comes up, receives the baptism. That's one thing about kids, they don't think about things, they just believe. Yeah. Us as adults, we think too much about it. We worry too much about what other people think. So he receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and nothing happens with her. Finally, I turned around and I said, I said, did you do what I did last year? What's holding you back? And she brought this up. I said, did you do what I did, la- what I asked you to do last year, going to your room? And she said, I did. And I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, I kept getting these weird words in my head. <laughs> and I said, well, let me hear them. She began to pray in the Spirit. And I said, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit for a year and didn't even know it. And then right after that, it built a boldness in her, and it encouraged her. She began getting visions and dreams and words and knowledge that were right on. Sometimes we just need to be encouraged that God is moving. God is interested in moving in our lives. He wants to see a move of the Spirit. We need it in the kids today. This is not just happening here. It's happening in all the churches. That COVID really hit the kids' ministries. And I believe God wants to touch this generation. We had a meeting with a conservative pastors group there in town in Longview. And one of them is a very large church. Um, and they were struggling with it. And we all sat around, and one of the things that I've heard and some of the other pastors heard is kids want, these kids today want authenticity. They've seen too much junk. They've seen too much. I mean, look at all the stuff they're getting, all the information overload, and they don't know what's real. But when the Holy Spirit shows up, you can't do nothing about it. I've got one more story. I'm a story guy, so are you guys okay with that? One more story. Pastor Larry Reed is one of my mentors. And uh, he grew up in Prattville, Sand Springs Assemblies of God, up there in Tulsa. And uh, after I moved back to Tulsa after getting out of the Air Force, his mom was still there, so he would come down and travel and we'd meet at Brahms and we'd have ice cream. And and he told me the story. I'd met the the former pastor of Sand Springs Assemblies of God. He had retired and and uh, he was in the ice cream shop that day and, and Larry said to me, he said, uh, uh, do you know that man? I said, well I've met him before at one of the, uh, 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 one of our sectional meetings and he goes, do you want to know his story? And I said, sure. He said, that man used to be a teacher at Charles Page High School and he didn't believe in the Lord. He would actually mock the pastor when he would preach. His wife would go to church and his wife wanted him to go to church and if he didn't go to church with he'd be sleeping on the couch. So he would go, but he would pull out a newspaper, read the newspaper, and he would sit there, and he would mock the pastor. Well, one night they were having a revival service, and he was mocking the pastor. But God's Spirit showed up, and before he knew it, he was down at the altar, got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit. They literally had to drive him home because he could not get home on his his own, and became the pastor and pastored there for 40 years. We we can do all that we want to do, muster it up. But when God does move, get ready. We need to pray for it. We need to be fasting for it. I'm horrible at fasting. I wrestled in high school. It was a varsity wrestler. I hate going without food. (laughs) I love food. My wife and kids are laughing because it's the truth. But sometimes we need to give up a sacrifice, give up something. Maybe it's not food. It's something else. But prayer, prayer's the key. Yeah, we have no promises. I can't promise that God's going to do something. You have no promise. But God can, and he does it in his word. Yes, yes, and if you seek yes. him, and it was mentioned tonight in that prophetic word, if we seek him, we will be found by or he yes. will be found by us. Yes. And he will show up. Yes, will. So God has something that he had planned tonight on this. I don't know why he wanted me to share that. But there's unity, and there's blessing, and there's life yes. when we're unified together. Yes. Can I pray for you guys tonight? Father, it's never an easy decision. Lord, we want your will. We want what you want. Sometimes, Father, we need to set aside our own agenda and seek your will. Father, I pray tonight, not just for my family, because I've, I've got a church that loves me and I love them, but we know that you're moving and you're leading us. Just like this church, they've been without a pastor for 10 months, and that's hard. They need a shepherd. Father, we want your will. They want your will. My family wants your will. Father, I pray that as we go on in this service tonight and and, uh, there's a vote taken, that, Lord, we, we lay that at your feet tonight. Not our will, but your will. Lord, I'm reminded in James where it says, This man says, I will go to this city or do this thing or do that thing, and and his life is but a mist. It should be, Lord, if it is your will, I will do this and do that. God, I pray for the congregation that they will be unified in whatever decision it is, because we all want your will tonight. Give them peace. Give them rest. Pour out your blessing on them. Use them mightily for your kingdom. And we pray kids back into churches in America. We need to reach this young generation. We thank you for that. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, who do I turn it over to now?